Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome everyone to the Shift with CJ podcast. Today is going to be an exciting episode because I have someone live in the studio. My guest on the show today is a doctor who has been practicing functional medicine for the last 30 years. He's been all around the world, spent a lot of time around the GCC, quite a lot of time in US. And today I have him on the show because a lot of people in this part of the world do not really understand what functional medicine is. And he is and he's an inspiring person because he is 67 according to his birth certificate, but I find him to be 25 or 30 according <laughs> to the way he is and the way he uh, shows up, the amount of energy, the amount of excitement, curiosity. And this is something that we all need to learn in our life. So today on the show today, welcome Moshe Goldsberg. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. It's very nice to have you here with me. I mean, I think we met at a conference, right? We met at the Icoplast conference. That's correct. Yeah, so we had a um, from our company Biohack and we had a red light therapy display and honestly those days I was super busy. I only came for like 25 minutes just to make sure I see how things are, how the market is and it was more of a medical B2B sort of a conference. And within the 25 minutes, I think I had 25 minutes of conversation with with doctor and uh, yeah, we started talking about photobiomodulation. I understood his interest in all of these things. And yeah, it was a good time. Yes, <laughs> I had I enjoyed it. Yeah, we had a good conversation. Okay, so doctor, like I mentioned, a lot of people in this part of the world do not understand what functional medicine is. So can you give us a breakdown like according to you, you've been doing this for 30 years. What is functional medicine? Now, as the name suggests, it's a medicine that actually works. What we do here is we try to find imagine a tree. What we try to find is the root cause of the problem. And if the disease is the tree with the leaves falling off and everything else is happening to it and it's getting withered and 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 it looks like it's being invaded by different organisms or, or different um, insects and so on and it cannot defend itself and it's turning yellow and so on no more fruits and looking tired we go into the root of the tree and find out where the disease is and then so we find the root cause of the disease and then we treat the root cause of the disease and not the symptoms despite of what allopathic medicine which is the code on code modern medicine is called we do something different and that is we find out why the patient has these symptoms and we treat that and by treating the root cause of the disease you basically eliminate the symptoms and at the same time rid the patient of a detrimental problem that could end up being a serious issue and we by doing that we avoid the side effects of the medications that are given to uh 
uh, alleviate the symptoms mm. and so on so it is that kind of a medicine that goes back maybe 4000 5000 uh and even maybe longer than that uh in like in ayurvedic medicine mm-hmm. and you know traditional medicines no we don't use herbs and spices all the time we also use many different modalities including what is in modern medicine but we combine the modern medicine with traditional medicine and we consider food as being one of those important medicines so all of those combined we treat the patient as a whole and not just as an organ and by doing that the patient does very well and also the possibility of curing the disease becomes a reality well that's interesting I have always been wondering exactly like you know how functional medicine operates and for me like after listening to you and dealing with a lot of other functional medicine doctors I think it's all about systems biology a lot of the time allopathic medicine will actually look into like you said an organ or a person and they isolate the symptom from everything else that's going on into the body but correct me if i'm wrong functional medicine is also a part of like the traditional medicine protocol they look at interconnected systems that get affected and that's one of the reasons why you're able to find out the root cause because if i have a tooth pain it's probably not in my tooth it might be you know something else that has translated over a period of weeks or months or years and now it's showing as a symptom on my tooth but it could be connected to my brain it could be connected to my nervous system it could be connected to an injury that i've had So that's why I like functional medicine approach so much. I'm a big believer of traditional medicine and I mean traditional medicine like you mentioned would have some sort of a limitation but when you combine modern science and modern medicine with traditional medicine and you get this whole 360 degree view of things I think that's what the world needs right now. But you have been doing functional medicine for the last 30 years. How have you seen functional medicine evolve or how is it how is it changing in the last few decades well it is not progressing as fast as i would like it to because 90 to 95% of the uh, doctors in allopathic medicine do not have the vision or the ability to accept that you can cure disease even in the medical journals famous medical journals like annals of internal medicine uh, new england journal of medicine and british journal of medicine and any other uh, publication that is famous and is uh, accepted as an as as a source of information uh, where people go and put their um, uh, research and, and 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 all that into it and publish that they don't use the word cure at all and it amazes me to see that this kind of uh omission from a medical journal and for that reason i don't hardly read these journals and take what they say as gospel 
let's just take one patient that I had experience with in Cleveland when I was a resident. She was a head of internal medicine in Indiana at the VA hospital. She was a very active woman. She was biking and mountain climbing and and grew up in a farm. And at the age of around 45, she presented with the symptoms of multiple sclerosis. She started getting weaker and weaker and weaker, where she couldn't even perform her duties. She had to be put on a wheelchair, and the medical students were carrying her around in a wheelchair for her to go and and do the uh, uh, rounds on patients. She got to a point where she was completely flat on her back, on zero-gravity chair and bed, and she had to be lifted. Her head needed to be lifted in order for her to be fed. She could not hold a spoon. And this is a chief of internal medicine at the VA hospital in Indiana. She did not know what she has, why she has it, and how to treat it. And this is an allopathic medicine physician who teaches other students to help cure people or or treat people's diseases. And if she didn't know how to treat herself, what right did she have to educate others to do the same? So what does she do? She comes to us at the Cleveland Clinic, at the Functional Medicine Department. I was a junior staff. I was not even, I was just there observing all of this. I was not the treating physician. Just make that clear. What I saw was something amazing that changed my life. I saw this patient in six months being treated by functional medicine become functional, literally getting out of her chair, getting out of her bed, going back to rounding in the department and treating others. And she changed her method. And now she teaches functional medicine is the only thing she teaches. It took her to get sick to the point of dying almost close to death in order for for her to realize what she was doing and what she was teaching to others was wrong and ineffective. So now she's... uh, practicing functional medicine, she's active, she's going... Now, what was the cure? Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. What was food. the protocol? Food. It okay. was the food. It was the food that she was not eating. For instance, she was eating all these carbohydrates. She was eating uh, it's high, highly processed food. She was busy. She was running around doing things and drinking coffees and, and, and sugar and, and all of these kind of things. And, and um, you know, a stressful life, uh, everything just made her sick. And so what we did was we did uh, uh, things like photobiomodulation. We completely eliminated carbohydrates from her diet. 
She started physical therapy because she had gotten very weak because she was laying flat. We taught her how to build muscles and re- rejuvenate and her nervous system and all the MS symptoms disappeared. Wow. And she wrote a book about it and her name is Dr. Wells. She wrote a book about and now she has a diet dietary book. Is this the Dr. Wells which also does a lot of hormone um, she talks about a lot of hormones as well? Is she the same one? I I am not sure if that's the Dr. one. Dr. Wells it rings a bell for me. It's it's a it's a lady um uh um uh, 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 physician. I think she's now sh- should be about Oh god this was this was 30 years ago. She has like ago. something she there's something in the 80s, who has in her the 80s. Wells protocol. Exactly. Is that's it, it. Is it that? That's oh, the amazing. Doctor. Wow. That's the doctor. She's um his her um her wife Okay, her wife was with her all the time. They were inseparable and her emotional support to to her made her also her family they had adopted children and all of that together plus what we did eliminate from her diet that's all we did and she even talks about poop and she talks mm-hmm. about uh what your poop should look like and so on and so forth but that is an example that doctors should learn from and they still haven't learned their lesson even at the Cleveland Clinic still and resist this this to the, to the day and Now, I don't want to be controversial yeah. about Cleveland Clinic it's a great great hospital I trained in it and yeah. and, and I trained in the system and I you know and and, and all of that kind of stuff at at Cleveland but I have to tell you um they still practice allopathic medicine mm-hmm. but they also have a functional medicine department correct they do they do have functional medicine department and actually they spend about some 3 4 million dollars to to raise, to bring a center to start but they have not started the way they should is to and even here in the, in 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 UAE we should have a medical school that says functional medicine school usually um medical students they only get maybe 20 hours in their entire 3 years of uh, of of uh, training they get 3 hours about diet if that as a medical student i thought it was one day <laughs> for most of the people it's going to be one day well actually you know as a, as a medical student and as a, as a, as a resident the last thing i had was a diet evaluation a dietary true dietary and i'm not talking about american dietary association because frankly the the american diabetic association american uh, dietary association all of those uh, teachings are are not up to standards of functional medicine we have we find the cause of the disease and we cure it i can give you many examples there was a 17 year old patient of mine here in dubai he lived in america he lived in new jersey i got consulted because one of the, the medical director of the company that i was working with uh this was a friend of his his son they live in a farm farm rural area in the farm the child 
has di- bloody diarrhea every day. He's embarrassed. She cannot, he cannot go to school. He's, he's scared of going to school because any time that can, the bloody diarrhea comes through and he's ulcerative colitis. That's what he has. Now, the cause of ulcerative colitis was the doctors were treating the symptoms like giving him steroids, giving him uh, you know, anti-inflammatories and biologics and all these kind of things to treat his symptoms. I just told them, listen, my dear, why don't you go and check the water that your um, house is being supplied with mm-hmm. and find out what's in it that's causing the problem. So they went and tested the water. And the problem was the water and the, 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 the runoff from the farms and, and the pesticides that was coming through. And the child was being sick because of the water. And so by filtrating the water, by taking the impurities out, and by starting to, to give him water from uh, other sources, his symptoms resolved. And all these doctors were treating him for, uh, with azacol, with, with, with the medications that are anti-inflammatory, all that. It, it would make it worse, right? It, it, it eventually will kill him. And, and the reason why I say that is because these medications have side effects. And I mean, I, strong, I, I use strong words because after 35 years in medicine, okay, it is time for the allopathic medicine community and the, 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 um, uh, the, the ministers of health and everyone involved to understand what health is. They do not. They don't know what health is. I am a cancer patient. I was a cancer patient almost 15 or 18 years ago. In 2014, the only thing I did was remove the tumor from my, my um, throat and I treated myself because I did not want chemotherapy. I saw what happened to my wife when she had breast cancer and was receiving the chemotherapy. Three days of vomiting, not eating, everything I had to get. IV fluids at home for her and so on and so forth. And she, uh, and she died. She still died. And she died miserably with, with, with all of those, can- the, the breast cancer spread all over her, 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 her body and bones and, and brain and, and so on and so forth. Allopathic medicine is, 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 is a place, it has a place, but the place is in the emergency situation. That's it. 90% of the surgeries that are now being done, we can prevent it simply with diet and good lifestyle. So the patients don't have to go through surgeries and cutting. Right now, I am dealing with a patient who had a cesarean section. Caesarean sections are being done, mo- 70% of the caesarean sections are being done for financial gain only. I, I told you I'm going to be... Comf- uh, what is uh, the financial gain, if you can explain that okay. to us? So, I mean, just imagine this. A patient comes in, they start talking to her about, oh, it's going to be painful to have vaginal delivery, mm-hmm. and if you, you, know, you, do, you do that. So the, the, the gynecologist tries to convince her to do the, the uh, cesarean section. Uh-huh. 
It's not done because there's an indication. Let's say the the patient is the, the baby is bridge or or uh, hypoxic or 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 something of a sort like that. It is done and it's encouraged to be done because the hospital makes more money, the doctor makes more money, gets paid more from the insurance and so on. Whereas the vaginal delivery is the best way to deliver a child. Why? When you deliver a child by by cesarean section. You deprive the child of being exposed to the bacteria in, inside the vagina of the mother. That is actually a, a essential part of inoculation of the, 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 both the nose and the mouth of the child with bacteria that ultimately is going to colonize the, the, it's the colon. And that is, going, is the probiotics that we actually try to give to the adults to try to help with their symptoms and their diseases. People, and then these children that are cesarean sections, they have weaker immune systems, they have weaker brain developments, they have... Uh, they, 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 they develop asthma, they develop all kinds of different uh, uh, diseases simply because that probiome that was supposed to be going into the, into the gut did not because they had cesarean section. And, 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 and people don't understand the consequences and doctors don't understand the consequences of what they do. And it's time for them to be held accountable for the things that they do, some of them know, some of them doing it intentionally, some of them are not. In either case, there should be rules and there should be more awareness and there should take courses. Every doctor, every allopathic medicine doctor should take courses in functional medicine to understand the source of disease. I completely agree. I completely agree that some of the points that you mentioned, even they were running through my head that even the microbiome in the colon interacts with the microbe or let's say the mitochondria, which we mostly receive from our mothers. And, and a lot of the times the dysfunctional diseases that happen is because the right mitochondria, which was meant to be talking and intercellularly communicating with the right microbiome isn't there. And I know that for some Functional, some functional medicine doctors, after a cesarean birth, they will make sure that they somehow get some of the bacteria from the vagina and they move it around the baby's body or, you know, just to make sure well, that... Yeah, yeah. They, they use, they use, inoculate the, the, um, the nasal, uh, uh, what do you call it, orifices, um, uh, and then na- the nasal mucosa, and also around the mouth. Um, you mentioned mitochondria. I mean... You know, what an amazing, what an amazing organelle that mitochondria is, right? You're absolutely right. You know more about medicine. I'm, I, I, it is, and I'm going to be again controversial. Yeah. You know more about medicine and the cause of disease without being a doctor than a doctor today knows after having gone 20 years of, of, of schooling and training. You mentioned mitochondria. Okay, what is mitochondria? Is the power cell of the disease of, of, of the cell correct? It helps the cell to develop and the cell to divide. Now, do you, if I told you that the sugary sodas that people are drinking inhibits mitochondrial activity, which is fructose, and what fructose does is 
and why children uh, by the age of six or seven they have fatty liver changes. It used to be the alcoholics that had that problem, fatty liver changes. Now we have people with fatty liver changes, which is called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Exactly. Now that happens as a result of fructose, which is comes from syrup. Goes back. This goes back about hundred years ago when. Um, Uh, you know some of the sugary companies. I don't mention names because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> you know, but you know uh, they used to add coke and 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 uh, use sugar, uh, natural sugar uh, as part. But the addictive part was the coke inside the inside the uh, sugary drink. Then, because of a, a pioneer in in America that actually. later on led to developing the FDA the food and drug administration in prevented them from and the sugar became too expensive at the time it was it was like two cents a pound it became like 80 cents a pound or something so they went to corn syrup corn syrup is full of fructose fructose is the most deadly type of sugar that turn that inhibits mitochondria When the cell, it, it, uh, the mitochondria in the cell is inhibited, the entire body's um, recovery system and uh, uh, just just recovering from anything, it it gets stopped. Cells stop dividing. Stem cells be, get affected, and everything else. And now, all these diseases, the chronic diseases, are as a result of fast food. And fructose, and nobody's doing anything about it. And it's strange because you know you mentioned fast food and fructose. Fructose by itself, like when it gets metabolized, if it gets metabolized for a very long time, then it could also get into uric acid. And uric acid is another big thing oh that a lot God. of people are missing out on. But one thing that you said, which was very interesting for me, is that. How people get addicted to things like coke and sugar because about two thirds of our tongue, literally, and circuits in our brains, are designed to appreciate some kind of carbohydrates or sugar. And what a lot of these modern flavor—I call them flavor scientists—and a lot of these flavor scientists, what they have done is they have identified not using coke but using some sort of a hydrogenated fat or trans fat or some other fat, right? Combined sugar with fat. And what has happened is, according to evolutionary sciences, there has never been a point in our life where naturally we have had these two components: high carbohydrates, high high glycemic reacting carbohydrates, and high fat together. Because if you see in nature, there's nothing, there's no thing in nature at all that has a combination of high fat and high sugar. It could be high fat and high protein, low protein, high fat, but never or just Fructose or like just carbohydrates. You know why? Why? Nature is very smart. It's intelligent. Nature knows that when you combine fat and sugar together, like for instance in the barbecue, mm -hmm. you do you put the honey and everything on the barbecue and you get it nice and black and which is know, tasty. I, I very must say, tasty, it's very tasty, very tasty. But you just turned. That protein that could have been something important, or that fat could have been something important in your, for instance, uh, 
okay, sometimes I get you know ahead of myself here. And then glycation, right? You're going to come to what, that. Well, no, certainly glycation is one. But what happens that that combination is carcinogenic. That combination you just rendered that protein ineffective and non-functional, and you change the molecule in such a way that when it enters your body, it does nothing except cause irritation and inflammation in your gut, which causes leaky gut, and then you have other material and other other things come through that leaky gut into the body that are additives, hormones, uh, formaldehyde, you know, borax, and, and all these other things that they use to preservatives that are used in the foods, and especially in the fast food and, and, and processed food. And then that causes disease. It is, it is, I cannot, I cannot, I can, you know, we can go on for on and on. The issue is people's lifestyle is what causes disease. What people eat is that what causes disease. And the ignorance of the doctors to tell them what to do in order to prevent disease, and the education from childhood to adulthood is wrong. The parents don't know how to raise their kids and children. I mean, we train every for every job. There is a there is a training that is done for a long period of time, including me, mine, medicine. But nobody teaches children, uh, parents, what to do before they have a child. So that they don't transfer the 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 the, the, the uh, uh, function non-functional DNA and and bad genes into their children. I see everyday patients that come in that are supposed to be aged like 25, 28, and these are you know fertile ages. Young, young, young. yeah. They they're hoping to have children, but they cannot uh. because they have got they got they have PCOS. And where does PCOS come from? Sugar. Sugar. You, did you know, uh, sorry to cut you out, but did oh. you know that WHO right now, they've released a statistics that in 2025, which is two years from now, one in four people will be infertile. And that is crazy. One in four people, 25% of the world's population, no matter how hard they try to have kids, they're going to be unsuccessful until you bring in a medical intervention or a lifestyle intervention. And we're talking about similar age groups, right? Like 20, 25, 30. And these are the prime ages where, you know, estrogen is high, testosterone is high, and men and women both should be more fertile. But what kind of a world are we getting into when the most younger, like the most young people who are, you know, they should be full of life, full of joy, full of zest, full of energy, full of testosterone. They're not having it. So... Okay, so let's go back to that fertility thing that we were talking about. So one in four people not going to be fertile enough. What are, are you seeing patients like this? What's your advice? Let's say someone's listening to this show, men and women, both, and they want to try to conceive a child. What would be your top fertility advice to them? Stop sugar. Stop sugar. Stop. Learn how to, to have a beautiful relationship Learn how to quiet down your brain. Learn how to adjust yourself to life because life will not adjust itself to you. You have the neuroplasty, which is basically what that means. You can train your brain and you can ad adapt your brain 
to thinking healthy and thinking um, uh, calmly and peacefully. Every day you should meditate. All of these kind of things, first you must do in order to have a healthy body so that you can transfer those healthy genes to the children. Got it. So what I'm looking, when I see someone and I look at this whole fertility problem, this is the equation that goes in my head and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. So people who are around electromagnetic fields, we know that electromagnetic fields generally, they will, they, they disrupt sperm motility and, uh, you know, even for men and women, both like the fertility part of it, even in the ovaries go down because of electromagnetic frequencies and we have so much of them. Then you couple them up with high cortisol, which is high activated stress levels. Like you mentioned, people are stressed most of the times. Even the people, you know, sometimes for most of our lives, we were always stressed about our survival. But now most, for most people on the planet, survival needs have already been met, but people are still stressed. Like I've met millionaires who are very stressed. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're really, you've, you're successful or you're not successful, people have just got a habit of being stressed, taking stress for no reason. Then this high cortisol combined with high sugar that you said, which then causes another cascade of inflammation coupled with not moving your body like we have always as a species been moving, then that again increases, you know, lowering of blood flow. It gives your your gonadotropin releasing hormone and like you know the whole hypothalamic pituitary adrenal and then we have so much of coffee and so many other drinks so our adrenals are getting messed up so i see it as you know just just these branch like you mentioned the example of a tree it's exactly like that like there is a problem which is a tree but at every point there are all these branches that are coming out that you can see if you really are trained to do it that way, which functional medicine does. And you can say, hey, let's fix your workout. Let's fix your sugar habits. Let's fix your sleep because most of us, 80% of us are now sleep deprived. And because of this whole vicious cycle of being stressed and not being able to quiet down your mind, you cannot sleep. And then you have more, um, you know, sleeping pills to calm you down and then crazy energy drinks to amp you up and this just becomes a vicious cycle again and again and then that overall impacts so many things fertility is a indication of a healthy body once your body is healthy and it's truly healthy it's natural that your body is going to allocate resources to create or to procreate because when we see this in like a lot of traditional cultures ever every time there's a drought or a flood or there is lack of availability of food which is lack of calories around fertility goes down because nature is as you mentioned smart enough and nature doesn't want you to reproduce when the circumstances aren't great but when the circumstances are great you have good light food nutrition movement all of these things then as a matter of fact, it's a side effect. Your fertility will rise. So when I look at this equation, I'm just saying like, okay, there's a lot of resources out there, but your body isn't able to tap into any of those. And this is probably why you're, you know, people are facing infertility. You know what? I, the, 
You had me at hello. You don't have to impress me anymore. I am your I'm I'm your student. <laughs> okay. You're very kind. All all those things that you mentioned, it just very near and dear to my heart. Let's take a person who you know mother nature is smart. Why you have infertility? Because mother nature says you have a, a sick body a diseased body a body that has no right to get pregnant from a mother nature standpoint we're not talking about other things and again you know controversy here you know this conversation i i speak with passion because i am passionate about this and i am passionate about my patient's health there is nothing i wouldn't do um as long as it's moral legal and obviously to take care of my patients what i tell my patients is i actually you know i I'll go back a little bit i was in dubai derma conference about what about um a month and a half two months ago and i was listening to all these professors and 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 you know high uh, um uh, profile uh, medical students and 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 fellows talking about oh it's genetics oh this baby was born with this disorder because it was ge- it's genetics it's inherited and is recessive and is dominant and is this and is that and i said i i got up and asked a question i said did anybody check the status and the health of the mother and the father did they check the sperm and the egg that this baby came from and okay what's the cause of that 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 disease is genetics right okay where did that genetic thing come from did it come from the sky did it just happen overnight what was the cause of it and when you go back and look at every study that has been done you find that is directly related to either an environmental toxin or what the parents are eating and the status of their health and their well-being how much stress they have and so on and so forth the baby suffers the consequences and the baby actually had a skin problem that ended up dying they die after 3 or 4 weeks why do you think that the mother nature says no children yet you're not ready your body is not ready this is the reason why so that you don't send these diseased and sick genes and to to your to your children and make them sick too it is a responsibility of every mother and every father to and the last thing that a doctor does what do you think when the patient goes there i cannot have a baby why do you think they they they, they, they what do they do the doctor says okay you need to go to the infertility um uh clinic and have it artificial insemination like and, an ivf and so on and like an ivf okay so the clinics are popping up everywhere again for financial reasons <clears throat> nobody comes and says to the mother that mother stop think 
First, get yourself healthy. Let's find out the status of your body and how healthy you are. Let's do a DNA test on you and your husband and find out what is the status of the health of your body before you have children. And then correct the defects, the genetic defects, the epigenetic defects that is the source of all these diseases that is caused by environmental, food, stress, and other things. And then correct it and then feed it. I just went through the same thing with my own wife. She's 33 years old. Yes, I have a 33-year-old after my wife passed away of cancer. I did not get married until recently, as three years ago. Good job. Okay. And she had PCOS. Her sister had PCOS. And the entire, her friends all were, were complaining of infertility. So I said to him, honey, uh, and she was like, okay, let's go, let's go do in, uh, artificial insemination, let's do IVF, IVF. And I said, you are not ready, my love. You're not ready. Your body is not ready. I did a test on her. Her health assessment was at 45%. Her age at the time, at the 31, was 35. The body was getting older and the patient, she was not ready. For It took me three years to get her off coffee shops, caribou, uh, turtle mochas. Every day she drank turtle mocha coffee. Every time, at the time we used to live in, in Kuwait, um, we finished work, turtle mocha. Lunch, turtle mocha. Breakfast, turtle mocha. And full of fructose, full of caramel, full of sugar on all of that. And I said to her, honey, you want to have a baby? I will not bring a baby into this world that's unhealthy. You will become healthy and you will become pregnant naturally. In contrast, her younger sister, who has been trying to get pregnant, was married for 10 years, wasn't able to have children with the same issue. She went through IVF. We, she got pregnant. Actually, I wasn't even trying to get her pregnant. She got pregnant. Congratulations. I, you know, yeah. I, I'm happy. I have a beautiful son who's two and a half months old now. And she has a, he has a skin like a snowflake. Not a blemish on it. There is no mark on that, on that baby. She, he has no... No um, uh, diaper rash. I made her him before he was born. Six months before he was born, I made him calendula oil, mm -hmm. infused calendula oil with olive oil. We put that every two or three days. His skin is like a snow. I cannot stop kissing him every time when I go home. I cannot stop because he looks like a little. I mean, just amazing cuddling and all. And I'm not saying that because he was he's my baby. I'm saying that. Because he's a healthy baby. At two months old, he's communicating with me. He started to babble at the age of, at, in two months old. That's fast. Okay? That's really fast. Two months old. Why is that? 
because another controversy coming. No vaccination at the time of birth. I did not let the doctor and the hospital convince me from giving vaccination. Oh, hepatitis vaccine, this vaccine, that vaccine. I believe that vaccines are harmful. I know as a doctor, I should be careful about what I say because yep. I could become, it could become a problem for me from, uh, uh, from a licensing standpoint. But, but I'm not know. a doctor, but I can say it. So let me do the thing. Yeah, I also completely agree that the, uh, the vaccines, you know, if it's a really emergency situation, sometimes it could, it could have a potential effect. But most of the times, if anyone convinces you to have like all these vaccines, guys, think about it. We know from the last three and a half or four years, uh, three and a half years, what happened around the world and how we were all forced to get something. But what you guys don't really know is a lot of the people have been, you know, a lot of countries, governments, everyone's been asking us to take vaccines. But if you actually see what has happened to some people after taking some of these vaccines, which is difficult to know because those stories are never shared, you'll be surprised. Those stories. <laughs> it happened to me. Did it? Okay. Yeah. My second son developed autism as a result of the vaccines. And I had to go and sign a waiver in Texas and say, will not in inject another vaccine into my son. I would rather take him out of school and homeschool him if that's what you want, but I will not. So they finally had me sign in state of Texas, sign a waiver that said, you are doing it. And, and, and you know what he is? Let me tell you what he is. His autism went away. Not only it went away, but now at the age of 12, he has 40,000 followers. He's a YouTube influencer and he's an honor student. Wow. Parents need to be informed about themselves, the future of their children, and uh, what is happening. They need to be educated. We need to be educated about how to be healthy. I intend to live to be 140, 150 years old until my baby is, is, is well into, into, into and teach him everything. And you know what? Yes, I may not send him to school. I may school him at home and teach him everything that I know. God bless you. I love that. I love that living to about 150. Actually, that's the number that I have on my head. And you know what happens to people like us? We will, all the friends that we have, will probably die early. So it's good we both met and now you have a younger friend because we're going to be on this path together. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I want to look like you when, I'm, when I grow up. <laughs> amazing. I and told you're you 67 years young. So that's, that's amazing. And you've... You know why I say that grow up? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to reverse in my disease until I re... My, my age, that is, not disease. I don't have a disease. Uh, my age to match yours in five to six years. And my I DNA, be... uh, I'm sending my DNA now to the U.S. to be tested. My last DNA test uh, about three, four years ago was I was 38 in terms of age. Wow. In terms of hormonal and other indications like epigenetics that, that they test and the telomeres, I was 21. Wow. Okay. And for people who are listening, this is these are tests that you can do and they tell you what's your biological age versus your chronological age. And the telomeres that he's talking about, these are, think of them like 
shoe caps at the end of our chromosomes and as soon as our basically every time a cell divides these telomeres start getting shorter and aging is also an alternative perspective on it is how short your telomeres are so telomere is one of those things that you can look into and now we have the science and the tech to do it and what he's just mentioning is that his telomeres is of a 21 year old person and i want you guys to like take inspiration and take you know be motivated because he's 67 and all he's telling you in today's episode is that you don't have to do all the fancy crazy biohacking stuff of i mean you have to talk about biohacking we'll go there next but only by changing the way you show up in the world only by controlling what's going on in your mind and by eating the right things you can reverse up to 30 plus years of your life think about it that's very powerful and thank you doctor for sharing that you're welcome i you know what you you use the word reverse you know that you're walking along and you have a destination to get to and you don't exactly know what that destination is you're in the car driving and then the google tells you to go this way and that way and you reach there it's a oops i passed now i have to reverse we don't if we do things right if our parents do things right if our medical education uh the uh, system uh, does things right we don't have to reverse anything all we have to do is to live a normal disease free life that gives us longevity and and expands and our health span not lifespan because that automatically comes but the health span is what we are talking about less disease means happier people happier nations uh, higher gdp where is our gdp going in the us over 25% of the gdp and we are talking trillions of dollars trillions of dollars is going into diabetes heart disease alzheimers parkinsons autism autism is on the rise adhd is on the rise people when are you going to wake up and realize that we are getting sicker and sicker and sicker to the point that our children now are going to live shorter lifespan than parents and this is all environmental your can you see a parent the worst thing that can happen to a parent is that the child dies before he does and that is coming because 25% and more of our, our our children are diabetic and they have fatty liver changes and we have no clue and the doctors have no clue and when you add to that mental health then the, the oh. numbers well that away. comes that comes you know all that comes from is metabolic you you talk about um magnetic fields and and you know phones and and other. you go you go home and here you're trying to basically in your studio i, I mean i i'm amazed every person every house should have these excuse me neutralizing devices where the electromagnetic fields and and all of that all that stuff that's coming from the phone and other technologies and the tv and and all this and the blue light for instance from the tv and so on 
Why do children cannot go to sleep? It's because the TV is on, it's emitting blue lights, it's causing, it's telling them, oh, it's bright daylight, and it's, it's making their, their uh, inhibiting the melatonin production. And then what happens? The pineal gland is exhausted. Their third eye, which is, you know, the pineal gland is your third eye, that infamous third eye thing. It sees and the, you confuse the brain. We are wearing Nike shoes. Nike shoes are supposed to be good for us. They actually confuse the brain where your body is in, and the, your sensors at the bottom of your feet have no idea. Your brain doesn't know where your foot is, is, is coming down at because of those high heels and so on and so forth. Again, it aesthetically looks good, but it's bad for you. We are the ones who are making ourselves sick. I think we should also go back to this point that, you know, there are a lot of, in the modern society, there are, you know, conveniences and we have been, we're in a generation which has been so lucky in the fact, in terms of conveniences, but we need to find a balance where convenience and health meet because for example, like just the, just the example you gave right now, Nike, um, Nike shoes. Uh, okay. So thank you for sharing all of these things. You know, you've, this conversation can go on for hours and hours and, you know, I want to be able to respect your time and, um, your commitment to come here, but I'm sure we are going to have a part two. So I think we should keep on doing this part series. <laughs> we can have like a special uh, thing. You have but, no idea. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? We want to be able to educate people, educate the final consumers, because I think of health services like economics. It's the same principle that happens. Every time we educate people and people like yourself come onto the show and they make people have this curiosity of thinking, oh, okay, you know what? I heard that functional medicine is better. I, or functional medicine is rather effective. I know that I can change my body. So now I wanted to demand to go to a functional medicine doctor instead of an allopathic medicine doctor. And what that does, if one or two people do it, maybe it doesn't change so much. But when insurance companies know that more and more people are now demanding functional medicine, that's the time they make that switch because it's all about demand and supply. You have something high in demand, doesn't matter what, all the forces in economics have to go and serve to it. And this is why I think just spreading information and making people curious about how their lives are and what could be the possibility with just simple things, that's where we can make that change. And when you mention about the health ministers and all of those people, if everyone goes to them and asks them for functional medicine, this is where we will see more and more insurances supporting functional medicine, more and more education systems, even providing you know, education as a functional medicine practitioner. But let's go back to your life because you know, you're, you're telling me you're, say you're 21, you're 67, you're fertile, just had a baby, two and a half months. Yeah. Yeah, so two and a half months old. You have this amazing personality of, you know, just like a young person, but you're 67. And, um, you know, it's something like I inspire to be like you when I grow up, when I grow young. But um, <laughs> tell us about 
a day in your life because you are a you know practicing functional medicine doctor you've i know i've met you at your clinic you have clients throughout the day you have long working hours you are you know somehow in some way or form with your you have responsibility of other lives so that also induces some kind of a stress how do you manage your stress how do you what kind of foods do you eat what's your what's your routine like what can people learn from you well uh first thing is uh and and this is this is this goes back from the time that i had cancer and i had to develop all of this at first it's a little bit hard but it gets easier because at first in order for you to be able to cure all those ailments that are inside of you which i had to do i had to go into the into a 15 degrees below zero snow in the dead of winter in the middle of the desert in iran between tehran and qom area shiver for hours and hours and hours to get my brown fat to a level where it will progenerate pro- enough heat that will for my body to understand this and train my body how to be now nobody is expecting people to do that in the middle of of uae you can go of to course. an ice bath <laughs> you can go to an ice bath exactly you can do that in an ice bath i did it in a natural way but you can do it there the thing is first thing first good sleep meaning what at least sleeping 2 hours before 12 o'clock because the body has time clocks there's a time that growth hormone is produced there's a time that melatonin is produced there's a time that cortisol is produced there's a time that insulin is produced and so on and so forth if you allow the body to do its natural um functions and allow the body to do natural functions instead of like getting up in the morning the first thing you do you have a high sugar because you just have to wake up high sugar stimulate stimulate your brain with caffeine and sugar and things like that and then cause an insulin response which is detrimental to your body insulin response causes inflammation in the brain in the heart in the kidneys and everywhere else and deposits that has to deposit that sugar inside your tummy to bring the sugar out of your your intravascular system to prevent damage because sugar causes inflammation not cholesterol sugar is what causes inflammation sugar is what causes your heart disease and it's not cholesterol despite of what you have been told by your doctors and so on and been giving anti-cholesterol medicines anti-cholesterol medicines do not prevent heart disease this is well documented and there are articles and articles are written and in fact is detrimental to your body causing cancer diabetes alzheimers and causing other uh, muscle damage and under electron microscopy they see the phagocytes come in and eat the smooth muscles of the heart caused by these medications now again i'm being controversial 
but there's enough evidence to this right like in the there 60s is enough evidence but there is a you know what 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 it is in london uh certain pharmaceutical companies which i won't mention names yeah. um have it under seal and lock and the judge has actually uh ordered a um what is it called that you know zip your mouth and 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 uh, silence uh, or, or quiet rules or something like mm-hmm. that i don't know the legal term for it yeah. it will come to me in a minute but it's under lock and key and the doctors that actually discovered that cannot talk about it because the lawsuit is ongoing mm-hmm. and even in the 60s like all this cholesterol myth came when ansel keys run this study in the us and they were looking at some cultures or like let's say after a very long time this myth got busted that in their study they intentionally look for test patients to prove that cholesterol is the enemy but what are all hormones made of you're a functional medicine doctor like you know you keep on talking about this all the time yeah. what is the mother of all hormones cholesterol cholesterol right and this is vitamin d's cholesterol and everything else is all your cells are made of cholesterol you know what that brings out something that, again which is a pet peeve of mine and i tell my patients this my patients come say uh, some of them they want to lose weight they want to lose 20 pounds 20, 20 kilos 30 kilos and so on the first thing they do brown bread which is not good second thing they do low fat milk low fat yogurt low fat this and low fat that not good why because the body needs cholesterol to repair itself cells need cholesterol because all the cells in order to be impermeable to their environment and regulate their their water intake sodium potassium channels and all these other things are made of cholesterol everything is made of cholesterol cholesterol is not the enemy triglycerides are the enemy and the triglycerides are the result of sugar intake that is the enemy but it's a billion dollar drug anti-cholesterol medicines are billion dollar drugs and they will do anything to make people believe even the cardiologist that it's the holy grail and it does nothing it it, it prevents nothing and it causes more disease long term and it's all studied and 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 written and so on so the point is lifestyle so what i do is i eliminate sugar from my diet i eat full fat everything and i do not let stress get to me and if it does like yesterday i was telling you that what i did all i did was discharge all of that and grounded myself by going to the beach walking in the water and i took my two and a half month old baby who was having some you know cramps and all of these kind of things put his feet inside the water and i sat there and for 15 minutes we grounded ourselves in the in in the sand in the wet sand in the ground and i cannot tell you how calming it was for him he slept all night and 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 he woke up in the morning smiling and babbling to us because his the the, the stress and the inflammation all of that was going away which is what causes most of the issues it's important for us to understand that your what what goes into your mouth you should understand this 
Food is medicine. Just like the computer's zeros and ones are there to, for you to tell the computer what to do, what action to take when you type something on the address bar. The same thing happens when you eat. If you eat the right food, you don't need a doctor. If you eat the wrong food, doctors can't help you, cannot help you. Let's get that straight. That's an Ayurvedic saying 4,000 years ago. It's not what I'm saying. It's what they're saying, and I believe wholeheartedly. And I cured my cancer through food and lifestyle changes. That's it. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think in our part two, we'll, do the, we'll debunk the whole cancer thing and look at your protocols. But I'm so grateful that you, know, you came here and we got to talk about all of this. I'm sure the listeners have got a lot of value and I would highly recommend everyone who's listening to this, make sure you get a paper and a pen and then try it. And if it's too late already, if you're driving, don't do it. But if it's too late already, listen again to this episode. Listen to this episode change your way of thinking. Let's all demand things like functional medicine or let's look at ways of integrating functional medicine, natural things in our life because this is the only thing that will help us. Food is medicine and you yourself are able to heal yourself. It's just that we're distracted. A lot of big commercials, pharmaceuticals, a lot of these companies are putting adverts that are more sexy and we think that is right. That is not right. What has been going on for thousands and thousands of years, that is what is truth. And it's time we explore this truth together. Because if not, if in the next two years, 25% of the world population is going to be infertile and we continue on this path, if in the next 30 years, one in four people are going to have mental disease, then as humanity, as being a species which is at the peak of evolution, the peak of evolution, we're not doing a good job. And it's time we change that. Because remember, our we are always thinking in terms of limitations. Oh, I'm just a human being. I can only do this. No. For every life on planet, nature has drawn two lines. One is the bottom line and one is the top line. Most of the animals, organisms, all of these things, they have to operate into this. But as humans, we don't have a top line. So we are actually boundless. We're actually unlimited. So stop putting that line in your life. It's similar to, you know, if a bird, for example, let's say a bird has been in a cage all his life. And what happens is if you're scared, and that's what the major, major thing is right now, everyone's scared, unsure, uncertainty then instead of actually leaving that cage and exploring life, you prefer to be in that cage because it's more safer. So let's try to change that because, you know, our potential is unlimited. And for the next generations as well, if we do things right now, which are correct, only then the next generation is going to look back at us and say, okay, you know, thank you guys. Otherwise it's going to curse us. And we don't want that. We don't want the planet to go that way. We don't want agriculture to go that way. We don't want the environment to go that way because again, we're boundless. Doctor, thank you so much for this conversation. It has been my absolute pleasure. And of course, we're going to, we're both going to live till 150. So we have a lot of time and a lot of more podcasts to discuss oh, the same yes. thing. <laughs> but um, before you go, if someone 
wants to get in touch with you, if someone wants to understand more about you or, you know, book a consultation, what's the easiest way? Are you open to taking consultations or? I am, I, I it would be my uh, absolute pleasure for anyone who reaches out to me. Uh, you can reach out to me at my WhatsApp, which is uh, 058-519-9680. And ask any questions. It's completely free. Or through this podcast, answer your, uh, ask your questions. And we will answer them. And we will, let's build a healthy community. A community that is healthy, happy, and prosperous. And I'm all for it. I'm not here to promote my uh, practice and looking for patients and for financial gain. I'm here because it's my Hippocratic oath. It's my duty as a doctor. I am responsible to disseminate healthy, accurate information. Everything that I've said in this podcast, I can back it up with studies after studies after studies and evidence and challenge anyone who would like to have a conversation. And uh, I'd be happy to to give this free of charge to my colleagues so that they can help their patients too. And I'm, I welcome anyone to come here and uh, have a conversation on my, on my WhatsApp and through this podcast. Let us be healthy and happy. And I'm here. I'm here for you. Thank you for being there. Before I let you go, one last question. If you had a time machine and you can go back in time, and you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Well, that advice would be to get to know yourself. Understand who you are, what you are, what you are capable of doing. Get to know yourself. Have those boring moments where you have nothing to do and sit there quietly, meditate, and try to calm your brain down, and then figure out who you are, what you are, for what purpose. Identify that, what purpose you've been put on this earth. Get to know yourself. That's the best advice I can give. And then you will find the purpose in life, your purpose in life, what you were put on earth to do, and then that will your brain will guide you. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And this is really good for all the young people out there because most of the people right now are uh, among the youth. They're very confused on what's going on in their lives and how they should take their lives ahead. A lot of people are keep asking me, how do you look for purpose? How do you look for all these things? And doctor has just given you one of the best hacks. Spend time with yourself. Don't always. It's good to accumulate some sort of a knowledge by listening to a podcast or, you know, watching a video or reading a book or talking to a friend. But you also need time for the intelligence that resides within you to shine. And that will only shine when you listen, not listen to others, but listen to yourself. So take that time, meditate, go deeper inside. And there is this intelligence, which is called life, which can make you know, a piece of or like the coffee turn into human cells or like having some good protein turn into our cells, that intelligence is within you. Get access to it 
and you will see your life change. Doctor, thank you so much for this conversation. This is me, CJ, signing out from the Shift with CJ podcast. I hope you had a good time. I certainly had an amazing time and see you on the next episode. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.